Ready to pop the question? The jewelers at BlueNile.com have got sparkle down to a science with beautiful lab-grown diamonds worthy of your most brilliant moments. Their lab-grown diamonds are independently graded and guaranteed identical to natural diamonds, and they're ready to ship to your door. Go to BlueNile.com and use promo code LISTEN to get $50 off your purchase of $500 or more. That's code LISTEN at BlueNile.com for $50 off. BlueNile.com, code LISTEN. The TalkSport Daily Podcast is proud to be in partnership with Enterprise Rent-A-Car. Whether your business needs cars, vans, or larger commercial vehicles, you can rent from the best lineup in the UK with Enterprise. And with flexible long-term rental, you can get vehicles for as long as you need them, from minutes to months. Whatever the mission, Enterprise's mobility experts can build a bespoke solution to suit your business needs. Visit enterprise.co.uk forward slash business to find out more. This is TalkSport Daily. Hello and welcome to another TalkSport Daily podcast. Firstly, well done for downloading it. There's lots of people out there, probably a lot older than me, that have no idea how to download stuff. So if you click the button that clearly says download, well done. Anyway, we start today's podcast with the Alan Brazil Sports Breakfast Show. And Big Sam, is Sam still called Big when he sat next to Alan? Because presumably no one looks big. And Little Sam was responding to a piece Andy Carroll had done in the newspapers. He's ill-advised by doing that article as far as I'm concerned. He's going to put himself in a, in, in, in a position where where he's, uh, he's opening himself up for criticism by not being professional enough, by not knowing who, who Liverpool players are, particularly in that article. It's really, really ill-advised him doing that. Don't know why he's done it, but it is, it's out there. And obviously there'll be a lot of talk about the fact that, that what Andy Carroll is as a person not just as a player now, by making those statements. Mm. A lot of people would say that's incredibly unprofessional, but... I'd agree with you from that point of view, but the man, the man is the man, and uh, that's what he is. What, what's more important for Steve Bruce, whether Andy Carroll knows who he's playing against or he doesn't, and whether he knows that as long as he gets out on the field and is as fit as, as, fit as he can be, he will be a massive handful for... Premier League central defenders and defenders this season. It's all going to be down to the success of Andy Carroll and Steve Bruce for me on whether you can get Andy Carroll fit and keep him fit because this man will score goals and will provide an awful lot of handling by the central defenders throughout the Premier League and a lot of them won't be able to do it, Alan. It's quite clear that Brucey needs some firepower to get them out, not trouble, it's two games in, but to to see a bit of light at the end of the tunnel and get out of this rut, um, he may be tempted to bring Andy back too early, and that would be a mistake. That would be an, a, a dreadful mistake, because obviously the number of injuries and operations Andy's had now is considerable, and he's 30 now, and it's time for Andy to be, if he wants a career back at Newcastle, to be even the most professional he's ever been in his career by doing all the rehab work that's outside the training hours. That means in early in the morning, doing the strength and conditioning with the sports science lads, doing the training with the lads on the, that suits Andy, just being available for the Saturday and then taking out of even the day-to-day training and make sure he's fit to be selected. And I think that is a big, a big decision by the 
the sports science medical staff and the manager at Newcastle to try and keep Andy fit and tell him that once he's fit and plays a few games, it's not a case of just training and going home. It's a case of doing all the rehabilitation that keeps him as strong as possible to avoid any more injuries. Michael Chopra, the former Newcastle striker, was on Big Al's show alongside the former Geordie's boss, Tiny Sam Allardyce. Yeah, the attitude from the players was was disgusting, to be fair. Um, once the first goal went in, some of them dropped their heads. And you're expecting to, to go to Norwich and try and at least get a point, if three points. A newly promoted team coming into the Premier League, not really spend any money. Um, you'd expect Newcastle to, to be doing better than what they did, especially with the players they've brought into the club. Michael, can you see Brucey getting out of this or is he going to be under pressure Christmas time? Look, I've spoke to some of the players at the club, and I won't mention any names, but the senior players. And under Benitez, everything was drilled, drilled into them on the training pitch. Um, the team shape, uh, how they're going to play every day. And... Bruce has come in, and whether it's Bruce or whether it's Agnew or Clements, um, some of the players don't know their jobs. Um, they're not really working on the shape. So did you not know your um, job when you played? Well, I knew my job, yeah, but... So did you need your coach New- to tell you every day what your job was? But Newcastle United, them players, for two, three years, have overachieved, and that's probably under Benitez. But... I don't think the players are good enough in the Premier League, some of them players, so they need coached. So, so they're robots, then? Well, they need coach. They're not good enough. Mm-hmm. Well, I don't disagree with that because, yeah. But you got to get everybody has a different style, and 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 they've got to they've got to get used to to Bruce's style because their their careers are on the line. And how many how many of them players will get a better club than Newcastle? Mm, well, exactly. Point. Yeah. Good None point. of them will they? Yeah. Good point. No, not at all. No. No. On to Jim White's show now, and Jim had India Willoughby on the show talking about the transgender cricketer Maxine Blythin playing for the Kent women's team. The issue here is that transgender has just expanded to such a a breadth that it includes all sorts of persons. It's almost getting to the stage where you can walk past Dorothy Perkins and be classed as transgender. (laughs) You know, in the old days, transitioning used to be you move from A to B, you went to see a doctor, your body chemistry changed, your anatomy changed in certain ways, and you were as close as possible to how you actually felt. It's a recognised medical condition and has been for 50 years. However... In the last three years, we've de- gone into this area of self-identification where individuals who feel a particular way can effectively say, I identify as a woman. I don't want to change my body chemistry in any way whatsoever. I don't want to change my anatomy, but I want full female rights. And I warned trans- the transgender community to stay away from sport at the the highest level, competitive level, professional level, because it is a can of worms Mm. and it is going to bring a lot of hurt to a lot of people who, as you very articulately said there, you know, there is nothing wrong with transgender people playing sport or getting involved in their local clubs, whatever their activity is. But when you're you're talking about people who have a natural aptitude or, or they want it as a career and they have a skill, are you really saying that those people should either lose a place on a team mm. or have to go into a match 
or a game or a bout against somebody with an advantage. It's not fair. Mm. Well, this is it. And, and, and as you just say, I mean, what of that player who is working extremely hard to be the best at the sport that they're in? but yet they don't have that strength or, or whatever other advantages there may be. In some ways, that inclusivity is working against that individual. It, it does indeed. And there's no getting away from the fact that hormone levels do have an effect. Now, myself, I fully transitioned. So my testosterone level, everybody has a testosterone mm. level. All women have a testosterone level. My testosterone level is, is effectively a trace. It's actually lower than a natural-born woman. A natural-born woman has a tra- has a, a degree of what's called five nanomoles per litre of testosterone, and that the range there is between two and five in your average woman. For a man, that nano uh, moles level in in a litre of blood is up to 30. So there's a a great difference Mm -hmm. there. So if you have somebody like the cricketer here, who I'm sure is a lovely person and, you know, not out to cheat or anything, she's not doing anything like that, she's just enjoying herself at that level, that individual is self-IDing. She Mm. hasn't changed her body chemistry. So she is on the cricket pitch there with up to 30 nanomoles of testosterone against everyone else who's got between two and five. Yeah. It's not fair. Anyway, nobody can argue that. Are you telling us this morning then, India, that basically uh, Maxine Blythin, who says that she wants to play as high a level of cricket as possible... That's a boundary too far. You are me. saying... Sorry, Maxine, that ain't going to happen. Yeah. It, it, as as far, a trans person yourself, as you're far saying, as I'm sorry, concerned, that's not going to happen. It, it, look, this because is, a lot of people would think, you will give her your fullest support. Well, I, well, I'm sorry, I won't, because I'm here and I'm actually sick and tired of the way that the trans thing has gone. Because, you know, in football, there's FIFA, which is the governing body. The, the governing body, if you like, of LGBT is Stonewall. They have opened the floodgates in the transgender world. And it has been a nightmare for the last three years. People who are actually trans in the sense that they want to transition from A to B, they're, they're waiting for five-year waiting lists. Nothing is happening. And this is just ridiculous. You know, it's it's not a social argument this is about sport i i am trans but i love sport and once you open the floodgates and you allow this to happen you're basically throwing away sport as we know it this year has all been about brexit we've got the olympics mm. coming up next year it's all going to be about sexit because the way it's going there's going to be uproar people coming in competing testosterone levels you get poor old Castor Semenya dragged into it who isn't even trans that's a separate story and he's just an absolute dog's we, breakfast what's the problem here are we afraid to offend we're somebody af- like Maxim here are we afraid to offend this individual by saying mm. do you know what you've gone as far as you can yeah because that's it absolutely I'm sure Maxine is a great person and her teammates are probably all behind her and everyone in the league is probably on her side as well and good for Maxine. But when you reach that level, when it becomes a profession, there is a big difference. Staying with Jim White, he was joined by Natalie S. It just says Natalie S here, like she's some kind of rapper. Natalie S and Simon J. Well, I wouldn't buy an album by those two. Anyway, they talk diving with a VIP caller. See, more letters. Lazy. Ashley, before we start, are you Ashley from Raksu? I am, yes. Oh, wow. <laughs> Great to have you on. Um, yeah, I listen, listen to the show quite a lot. Oh, fabulous. Well, wow. Well, very 
pleased to and have Ash- you on. Is this Ashley an X Factor winner? Yeah. I'm led to believe. Indeed. Indeed. <laughs> it's you, Ashley, isn't it? It's you. Okay, mate, fire away. What do you want to say? Um, so I was going to say, I played a lot of football. I played like um, non-league football up until music kind of didn't allow me to do it anymore. And I was a fairly quick striker when I was younger. And I specifically remember my coaches telling me that I needed to go down more often. Because I was quite fast and I'd be running past people, I'd always want to score. And so defenders would be sliding in and sometimes they would foul me, but I'd stay on my feet, try and take a shot off balance and inevitably miss. Mm. Whereas really what I should have done is not hurdled the challenge, taken the contact or just dived, gone over, got the penalty, we would have scored more goals and won more games. But me trying to always stay on my feet actually undid the progress of probably me as a player and the team. And I think that's why you have a problem. Because unless referees start giving fouls when people are late with challenges, even if the challenge is hurdled, then the tacklers are always going to simulate contact to make sure they actually do get the penalty or the free kick. Uh, but it's interesting when you just say that, Ashley, because you say you were told you should go down. How did you feel when you were being coached basically to do that? So I didn't like doing it. And I think part of it is like bravado. I didn't want anybody to think that they had taken me out. I, qu- I quite like being able to ride challenges, <laughs> and, you yeah. know, thinking no one could put me on the floor. But yeah. in reality, if we end up drawing that game 1-1, my teammates are looking at me and my manager's looking at me saying, Ash, why, why have you not just gone down? Just, just take the penalty. Mm-hmm. And in that sense, do you feel like you're, you're a cheat in some ways then? Um, I don't think I would have been a cheat because the reality is is that they were late with their tackle. They yeah. have mistimed their tackle. Mm. It's just that if I jump over it, the ref won't kill it. If I don't jump over it and I just let them foul me, which some people like, I mean, Mo Salah's great here. He'll just stick his foot out and just like make the contact happen. Yeah. Or if I just dive and I would have got the penalty for it because they are late with their tackle. They are trying to foul me. I'm just not giving the referee the opportunity to give the penalty. Got you. Ashley, listen, incidentally, how do you find time out to, to phone us in your busy <laughs> schedule these days being an X Factor winner? <laughs> so I'm actually on the way to get a haircut. Um, <laughs> so I was just in the car listening to it. And Brilliant. I find it, it's a really interesting topic. You, you're a United fan, Ashley, right? I am, yeah. Well, I mean, there you go. Did he dive or did he not? Daniel James. I think it's one. That I, I think I feel that there was some contact, but he's made it happen again. Like he knows what he's doing. I think a lot of players do. Whereby, when you get a defender in a certain situation, you know there's going to be some contact. You don't have to go down, but you do it to try and go the ref into giving you the free kick. Yeah, mm-hmm. Ashley, well done, mate. Good luck with Raksu. Keep it going. Good to hear from Thanks, you. Guys. I'm Alan Brazil, and this is Talksport Daily. Quality sleep is essential. That's why the Sleep Number Smart Bed is designed for your ever-evolving sleep needs. Need a bed that's firmer or softer on either side? Helps you sleep at a comfortable temperature? Sleep Number Smart Beds let you individualize your comfort, so you sleep better together. J.D. Power ranks Sleep Number number one in customer satisfaction with mattresses purchased in-store. And now, save 50% on the Sleep Number Limited Edition Smart Bed for a limited time. For J.D. Power 2023 award information, visit jdpower.com awards. 
Only at a Sleep Number store or sleepnumber.com. A lot can happen in three years, like a chatbot may be your new best friend. But what won't change? Needing health insurance. United Healthcare Tri Term Medical Plans, underwritten by Golden Rule Insurance Company, offer flexible, budget friendly coverage that lasts nearly three years in some states. Learn more at uh1.com. This episode of the Talksport Daily is brought to you by Enterprise Rent a Car. Planning to hire or share a car or van? Enterprise is there every step of the way. Whenever and wherever you need a vehicle and whatever it's for, Enterprise can help. With over 450 locations across the UK, they're just around the corner. Whether you need a weekend rental, a holiday hire, a replacement car, or you're planning a business trip, home or away, Enterprise are there to help. To find out more and book, visit enterprise.co.uk. Now, Australian batsman Travis Head was on the Alan Brazil Sports Breakfast Show talking about facing Lord Joffre Archer. I imagine also asking what it was like to have known Margaret Thatcher back in the day. Yeah, it was a little bit facing Bumrah from India during the test summer. He just ambles in as well and he's all in the shoulder. So we've had a little bit of experience with bowlers like that. But again, Joffre is just a, a different on top of that. So um, you've got to give yourself a chance to look at it and, and get a feel for it. Um, it was tough in the first innings to pick up a little bit. Um, just with his uncanniness, and I haven't faced a lot of him. So, but I think we're very fortunate, like you said, to have Cummins, Stark, Pattinson, even Hazelwood in the nets facing him. Well, I've got to face him this morning. So, um, fingers crossed to get through that. But they don't hold back. They they are full tilt every time they bowl. Um, they are match in match zone and match mode. So um, that's what the coach wants. That's what we want. So walking at that, I'm, I'm prepared, I'm ready to go. Um, I'm sharp into that sort of pace because we're used to facing it. Yeah. Obviously, there's probably a lot more, there's obviously a lot more short ball pitch bowling in the game than probably what there is at training. We still get it, but I think there's also a duty of care and the, and the boys want to make sure we, we have no broken fingers at training and, and, and no hits. We had a couple of broken arms in the, we had our broken arm in the World Cup series. So I think that shows that the bowlers go full tilt and I think that best, best prepares our batters to go out and facing Joffre. Here's Goffey on the Aussies being without Steve Smith for the next test. And a quick reminder that Drive is live from Headingley today. That's Wednesday. If you're listening to this and it's not Wednesday, A, why have you taken so long to download it? And B, pay no attention to that great link. For an England point of view, it's almost like that moment when McGrath stood on the cricket ball Mm. and England went on without him bowling in their side. And I just wonder... With Archer playing now, it, is it the difference? Is it the difference between winning the series and not? Mm. So it's a massive decision. Um, the uh, Brain Injury Association headway, their Deputy Chief Executive Luke Griggs, came out. I'll give you his quotes. He said, cricket has been caught on the back foot a little bit with concussion. We thought it was an American football, rugby or football issue, but we're slowly beginning to realise it affects all sports. The reaction time of a batsman facing a 90-mile-an-hour-plus delivery is incredibly small, and yet it is absolutely vital they're fully concentrated. But with concussion, the vision can be blurred and the brain can be slow at processing information. That leads to delayed reaction times and that is just incredibly dangerous. Well, it becomes dangerous. So the reaction time at 90 miles, well, 95 miles an hour is at 0.45, I think. So that's not long, is it? It's scary, <laughs> isn't it? The worrying, well, there's lots of worrying things about it, but we've discussed, we remember the interview we did with Kevin Peterson at the Oval, the cricket ball is incredibly hard. Yes. <laughs> but the point is that it is incredibly dangerous. 
the you know the, this idea that what you've got to do is knock somebody's block off that's got to change that's very old school and that mentality surely has to change doesn't it um it's part of the game and i think if you speak to every cricketer out there they'll all tell you they accept that when archer went in the bat against cummins all he got was short ball after short ball after short ball trying to intimidate him I've joked about it now, but we're now in into bat on numerous occasions against South Africa and Australia. I felt as though I had a flashing light on top of my head. Because that's all they were trying to hit. It, do you know what I mean? It was just like, is, is it a flashing light on top of my helmet? Because that's all they're trying to hit. It's like a target. And and you do, you joke about it, but I've hit plenty of people in the head. I've knocked people over and and, and it's been horrible. Um, but it is part of your armoury as a fast bowler to have that fear over everyone else who's batting. And fast bowlers put fear in people's mind. Nobody likes it. People play it better than others, but no one likes it. It's about watching the ball. And it's a, it's an easy thing to say, but it's hard to do when someone is bowling that quick. The only player to hit me flush was Liam Plunkett on his debut. <laughs> First ball. I went into bat, took my guard, and playing Durham... Um, and he talked about it in the lead-up to, oh, he's one of my heroes growing up, played against Darren Goff and all that. So I wasn't really on it, and I was thinking, he's bowling okay. Same again, it wasn't from the side, so I saw it from the back in bowling. I went into bat, took my guard, first ball, bang, it hit me flush. And I mean, when I talk flush, straight where the Yorkshire Rose was, the badge, on the front of the helmet, I went, wow, what was that? <laughs> and it bounced straight back to him. Next ball, he bowled me a wide half volley, I swung at it, Caught third man. Brilliant. Out for a duck. <laughs> um, Again. Just just very, very quickly on just one more point on this. We're saying that when you've got hit on the head, concussion is an issue. Reaction times to fast bowling 90 mile an hour plus is going to be an issue. So you can't carry on. When Once you've been hit on the head, you can't carry on. So are we going to see a situation where fast bowlers are deliberately aiming for the head, hoping that it hits them on the head so that they can't but carry on. But that rule can't come in, and that's the problem. If you look at the guy who came in to replace Steve Smith at number four, Lavashanga, he came in, got hit on the head first time, stood up straight away and said, I'm on note, it's my first ball, and I got hit on the head. So he was saying he's fine. He was saying straight away he was fine. So it's a very, I agree with you, safety is important. But how do you judge it on a batsman? You can't surely say if you get hit on the head, that's it, you have to go off and be checked. But are if, we getting to that point? If the Brain Injuries Association are saying being hit on the head could cause concussion, which absolutely would affect your reaction time, that has to be listened to, doesn't it? A glancing blow, though, it's not. A glancing blow. That, that, those helmet, these helmets are very good. I've been hit. I can vouch for that. They're very, very good now these days. They go through so many checks. But the problem, I, a flush one is different. You get hit on the jaw where the grill is, is that really going to affect you? I don't know. I mean, I think you, you would know I mean, more than me. From being hit on the jaw with a visor, lucky, it didn't go through it. And I've seen that as well, and that's horrible when it goes through the visor. And Stu Broad, didn't it? Yeah, yeah, I've seen that. That's a horrible thing. But when it, it's the perhaps flush on the head, I was it flush, I was fine. You well, know what I mean? So it's a, it's a very... Devon Malcolm, it flush in a test match at the Oval. Remember that one? And he said, you guys are history, and he went and got nine for at the Oval. So if he'd have got taken off, he wouldn't have been able to bowl, and he wouldn't be able to get nine for against the South Africa. Back to the football now on Jim White Show, and Crystal Palace's Gary Cahill was asked if he wishes he was still at Chelsea playing for Frank Lampard. And this is him answering the question about whether or not he wanted to still be at Chelsea playing for Frank Lampard. 
Uh, it's a shame he wasn't in there last year when I was there. <laughs> but, uh, no, I'm only joking. I think um, it would have been, yeah, it would have been very, very interesting to work under him, especially when you play with him and you know what he's like. It would have been, it would have been an experience. Um, I'm sure I would have relished. But then at the same time, like I said earlier, it was certainly the right time for me to go from that club. Um, and you know, I have nothing but positive things to say about the club. So. There's no issue there. I think um, it was just naturally the, the right time to go. You have to look at appearances over the, over my career and every single year I've, I've made many, many appearances throughout my career and last year was hardly any. So that tells it all and it's, it's the right time to go. Gary, how's Wilfred Zaha? He didn't get the move that he was he was uh, seeking. So he stayed at Palace. How's he been? He's been first class, to be honest with you. He's been, um, and I know how difficult it can be for when things like that are kind of circulating in your head and and you have to go through these emotions. You're so close to the start of the season. I realised it would be tough for him. Um, but I can only say off the, off the back of what I've seen. And once that didn't materialise, he's trained and his, his attitude to training and the way that he's been around the place has been has, has been first class. So, I mean, that's what I go off. And for me, there was no issue whatsoever. I think he's, he's obviously a top, top player. Hence why clubs want him. Um, and selfishly, again... I'm delighted he stayed because he's a difference between he could be the difference between three or four places in the league. Um, to be honest with you, so he's been he's been great. He's been he's been first class. His attitude's been very very good, and you know I'm sure you'll see that in the coming weeks. On to what a lot of people say is possibly the greatest show ever made, not just in radio but in all forms of media, and that's the oh that's mine, the Andy Goldstein Sports Bar Monday Thursday from 10 p.m. So you're aware of the rules for the midnight train, John? Well, there are no rules. Apart from you can't talk about sport, politics or religion. Well, I don't want to talk about sport. Okay. What do you want to talk about, John? I want to talk about when you're in the toilet and you run out of toilet paper, have you ever used newspaper? I've never got myself into a situation where I, I pre-plan, John. You probably don't know where of this. <laughs> I go in fully prepared. I am never caught short. No, nor me. Never caught. If you get caught short, I've got no sympathy. John, can I ask you a question? Yeah. Uh, earlier on in the show, Jason asked you your age, but for some reason we didn't get it. How old are you, if you don't mind me asking? How do you think? Well, Jason answered that with 60, and you took offence well, to it. Well, it's ridiculous. What is your answer, then? 65. Okay, 80. 70. 80? Really? Yeah. How old are you? I'm 49. Okay. Oh. What do you do for a living? What do you think? <laughs> John, you John, wind people up John, for a living, John. That would be my guess. <laughs> Well, John, I'm an entrepreneur. You, you work on Brexit. <laughs> oh, no Brexit. politics. There's no, nothing wrong no, with Brexit. No, no, no politics. What do you no do, politics. John? What do you do? What do I do? I'm an entrepreneur. In, in what field? Um, startups. Startups, okay. Are you successful? Startup arguments. Um, you can be <laughs> successful. And that's it for, dare I say, another fantastic TalkSport Daily podcast. A quick reminder, in the Championship tonight, it's Leeds against Brentford from 6pm. That will be live on TalkSport 2. Also on TalkSport 3, you can hear the best bits of Andy Goldstein's Sports Bar. On TalkSport 4, you can hear just My Sport in Life with Andy Goldstein. And on TalkSport 6, there's a documentary simply called What Happened to TalkSport 5. So thanks as always for downloading. If you haven't pressed subscribe, why not? I've told you about 40 times. It's starting to drive me. You're like my kids, you are. Oh, please, can we stay up? Yeah, but if you put the iPads down. Oh, no, I want to play up. Just put them down. You can stay up. Anyway, press subscribe and you will get this little beauty every day in your inbox free of charge.
Thanks for downloading. Enjoy. That was a podcast from Talk Sport. The Talk Sport Daily Podcast is proud to be in partnership with Enterprise Rent-A-Car. Whatever your mission, home or away, don't delay. Enterprise has the vehicle for the job. Rent from the best lineup in the UK. With over 450 branches, Enterprise has what your business needs. From compact three-door cars to spacious SUVs and people carriers to vans, they offer a large range of reliable vehicles perfect for the job. To find out more and book, visit enterprise.co.uk. Britain feels broken, but how do we fix it? Westminster just doesn't seem to have the answers, but we have found some people who do. Join me, journalist Becca Hudson. And me, the former MP Ed Vasey, for How I'd Fix. From the price of a pint to the housing crisis, this is the show where we take an alternative look at the problems plaguing the nation. And hear practical solutions from those in the know. Catch new episodes of How I'd Fix wherever you get your podcasts. Rebuilding Britain starts here.